0: Seniors, does your doctor regularly reach out to check on you? Can you walk into your doctor's office and see them if you need to? Do you have your doctor's cell phone number, and can you call them anytime, day or night? At Dedicated Senior Medical Center, their only specialty is caring for seniors. Dedicated makes it easy to get the primary care you deserve. Doctors spend more time with patients than the doctors you may be used to. They offer telehealth visits, help you get your medications, and even make sure you get to your appointments. If your doctor isn't treating you like family, it's time to say yes to Dedicated Senior Medical Center. Call Dedicated Senior Medical Center today to schedule a visit and find out what you're missing. Call 813-359-1448. That's 813-359-1448. Appointments available now.
1: Welcome to Cafecito with Rosie On Air, where you'll get to know local professionals, entrepreneurs, movers, and shakers, and how they're helping their community. Hear exclusive interviews from thriving individuals, get inspired, and learn from them. And now, your host, author, speaker, commissioner, Medicare broker, business owner, published author, and business trailblazer, Rosie Paulson.
2: Bienvenidos to Cafecito with Rosie on Air. My name is Rosie Paulson and I am the owner of Rosie Paulson Enterprises and SNR Services. I am a commissioner, a public speaker, a Medicare insurance broker and in 2020 I published the book Nyeke: The Mindset to Get What You Want. My brand promise is knowledge, connection, success. And Rosie Paulson Enterprises is grateful to dedicated Senior Medical Center for sponsoring this show. Today, I am honored to invite my really good friend, Ed Sphinx to our program. Ed is the founder of the Sphinx Law Firm. He has been practicing law in the area of elder law, social security, veterans benefit and disability for over 20 years. Ed is retired from the US Marine Corps with over 25 years of military service, servicing the last 10 years as a Marine judge advocate. He is a graduate from the University of South Florida and obtained his law degree from Florida State University School of Law. He's also a graduate of the Naval Justice School and holds a certificate in a special education advocacy from William and Mary Law School. There's a few of uh, memberships, but Ed also enjoys spending time with his wife and two children and volunteer with the YMCA, Gigi's Place House, Special Olympics, and the Alzheimer's Family Organization. Welcome, Ed. How are you today?
3: Hey, doing great, Richard. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you.
2: Great, great. So let's start with who Ed is. Like, let's tell, you know, what part of the show is to get to people to get to know you, like you, trust you. So let's start is who is Ed, are you married, and what got you into becoming a lawyer?
3: Okay. Yeah, thanks, Rosie. I really appreciate that. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. You gave me a great introduction there, so I really appreciate that uh, background. And like you said, I spent 25 years in the military, and I actually went to the military right out of high school. So when I was 17, I uh, joined, and that, that, that's been a kind of an ongoing theme. And I think service is probably an ongoing theme in my life. I learned it, you know, fundamentally uh, initially by joining the military, and then I kind of got out a little bit, but I stayed in the reserves and went to school at uh, USF here in Tampa. And I actually uh, worked during that time as a uh, firefighter EMT for the Polk County Fire Department. Uh, mm-hmm. My mother's family from uh, Polk County. So I lived over there in Winter Haven, and kind of that area, and worked for the fire department. And, and then I uh, graduated from USF and decided I wanted to go back on uh, active duty. Uh, so I got commissioned at that time. So I went from being an enlisted guy to a uh, officer. Um, but then I also got the opportunity to go to law school at Florida State, and so once again, I was back in the reserve attached to uh, Marine Corps Recruiting Command up in uh, Tallahassee and going to law school at Florida State, and it gave me the opportunity to work in the uh, recruiting department uh, based out of Paris Island for a little while, and I got to work at uh, Albany in Georgia and Paris Island in South Carolina, of course. And then I went on to uh, be stationed in uh, Quantico, Virginia. And then I had the uh, privilege of uh, being stationed in Hawaii for a number of years. So that was really uh, a great opportunity. And I kind of ended it up being, uh, going full circle and coming back around to uh, McDill where I was attached to uh, 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 Marine Corps uh, Central Command and so finished up my time there at McDill, And that's when I got the opportunity to open up, you know, my own law practice and start uh, practicing in that uh, area. So during that time, of course, in the Marine Corps, we get kind of bounced around to work a lot of different type jobs as a uh, Marine Corps judge advocate. So I got the opportunity to do estate planning is what I started out doing and then did a lot of uh, litigation work, which is uh, in courtroom type stuff. And then kind of rounded it up by doing some uh, civil um, litigation and administrative type law. But I always enjoyed the the practice of uh, elder law and estate planning because it gives you the opportunity to serve individuals in a direct uh, capacity, you know, where you're helping them out with uh, one thing or another. And I'll tell you what really solidified my decision, Rosie, to uh, focus on estate planning was when... My son was born uh, with a disability, and then I got more involved in the disability community. As you see, I volunteer at the YMCA, and Gigi's Playhouse is a uh, Down Syndrome Achievement Center in Tampa. And I also uh, do, uh, I'm on the board of directors for uh, Alzheimer's Family Organization. So helping those with a uh, disability, you know, my heart goes out to them and their families. And there's really a big need for uh, planning for uh, families that's, members with disabilities, uh, and, and people that develop disabilities, be it going into assisted living or a nursing home or, or that type of transition. So being able to help and serve their families is really something I enjoy doing. That's kind of the short version of the uh, 20 years I've been practicing law.
2: Great. And you'll be married for, hello?
3: Oh, my. You got me on the spot there. It's, it's my wife ears, so and she'll be uh, pulling, <laughs> pulling my ears out. <laughs> now we've been married 13 years in February, so be 14 wow. years come the next February.
2: Oh, that's amazing! That's amazing. And you know, that's one of the things that, as a as a person that works with Medicare uh, recipients, they always are asking me about elder below. So let's start with that first. Uh, so what will your suggestion be when people are reaching that age, right? Like um, you want people. The- People think about retirement stuff at age 65, but they don't think about all the other legalities that comes with that. And because most of these things you need to do and while you still have all your senses. So I know as people get ready to retire, do you have perhaps some tips that you should kind of um, start? Where do they start when it comes to the wills or their, um, you know, their, Preparing for the state planning, really. Where do they start?
3: Yes. Yes. And, and, and you know, I always say when you have life events is the best time to start estate planning. Um, but it goes to that adage, and I think somebody's using it on the radio right now, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. It's kind of the same with estate planning. You know, when you first get married or you had that first child or you buy that first house, you know, really that's the time to kind of start getting those documents uh, put together because those are the things that are going to, uh, you know, impact your estate plan and, and those are some of the largest assets you typically have. But the the, the next time is, you know, whenever you're ready. I mean, you got you to gotta, um, think about it. And, and what I would tell everybody to start out with, is at least start looking at a basic package, which for us normally includes a will, a uh, designation of a healthcare surrogate, a living will, a financial power of attorney, and then maybe some HIPAA documents so your family can access your, your medical information. But what the will will do, it'll designate who is going to be the beneficiary, who's going to get your property when you pass. You know, is it going to go to your spouse? Is it going to go to your children? Is it going to go to a charity? You know, making that designation in writings to help guide the probate court in uh, approving those uh, distributions. Now, that's important after you pass away, but there's a number of things, as you know, that you got to do before you pass away. And the first thing I say is get that health care surrogate designated, because we never know when something's going to happen and you're going to be incapacitated for any reason. Um, COVID was a good example where you saw a lot of people going on uh, respirators and being uh, intubated for you know periods of time, be it a week, a month, somewhere in between. So during that time that they're incapacitated, somebody needs to make uh, health care decisions and help out with what's going to be uh, administered from a health perspective, and you can designate that person as your health care surrogate. And, of course, that goes hand in hand with what we call the living will, I don't really like the name because the living will and the will get a little confusing. But the living will, I, I kind of tell everybody, it's what decisions are going to be made while you're alive when you get in that uh, end state condition. If you're mm-hmm. in a permanent vegetative state with no chance of recovery, you know, a lot of people refer to it as brain dead. You know, do you want your next uh, of kin to pull the plug? Do you want to be kept alive on you know, artificial respiration. Well, how are they going to do that? And you can designate what you want in that living will, you know, designate that ahead of time so your health care surrogate and your family members aren't under that stress of having to make a decision. They already can see from a written document what you would want done if you were in that slot.
2: Right, right. Um, and I think that's part of, of people, and you, you're totally right. And this uh, COVID, we learn a lot of stuff, right? The things that people do not think about. And when you're talking about incapacitated, it can be any, any type of things, And you just want to make sure that your family, which is already stressing out of the, the situation, has a no-brainer kind of decision because it's clearly what you are wanting them to do. So they're really following your orders and they they are keeping your wishes and that is uh, an act of love for the family members that stay here while perhaps you're not able to take care of yourself and that is very important because probate one of the things that we learn is is also um when people when families have to perhaps go through the state for things that they are yours because there's not a person that you have assigned those to. And that's when on those probate cases, sometimes families get into feuds for sometimes no reasons because of those emotions that is going through at that moment. Um, So very, very important information. And uh, it's never too early and it's never too late. Um, Just start, but start doing, at least looking at it. Um, that's, uh, that's something that I I really like what you do in this side, because once the people think about law and they think about divorce or perhaps, um, an accident, but the reality, there's so many types of laws. And this is one that is also necessary, but a lot of people don't think about it, but it is very necessary because it's just, um, keeps you protected, correct?
3: Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. And, um, you know, you probably see a lot of it in the uh, Medicare and the supplement industry that you you really got to plan ahead and you got to look at what the uh, opportunities are ahead of time. Because also, I'll tell you the downside of my profession is I get a lot of phone calls that says their spouse or their mother or father has become incapacitated due to a stroke or due to uh, dementia. And unfortunately I gotta tell those people, they can't do a power of attorney at that time. They can't designate a healthcare surrogate, they can't execute a will because once you lose your capacity to understand the documents that you're signing, you can't sign the documents. You can't make an informed decision, of course. So that capacity is a big deal and and that's why it's important to plan those things early and, and, and try to, you know, prepare, you know, prepare for the worst and hope for the best type thing. that you know, you got those people designated ahead of time because it can make a big difference on your family members if you have to go to a one facility or another, and then the family member is not designated to uh, make decisions for you. Of course, we can help in that situation because the, the the cure to it is have the court appoint somebody as a guardian. But of course, then we're talking about time and expense of court that could have been avoided. You know, had the had a more easily documents been implemented beforehand.
2: Right. Now, the other part that, um, that is very interesting to me in what you do is the disability. And I know people understand that Medicare is 65 years and older. So what people uh, sometimes need to understand is that people with a disability of 24 months, on their 25th month, if they have contributed enough taxes, they will get um, uh, uh, Medicare through disability. So tell me a little bit about, um, and I know some people say I'm disabled, but um, they they have constant, I would say, um, quarrel with Social Security so they can prove that they are disabled. So tell me a little bit about that part of your practice and how do you help on the disability aspect of it?
3: Sure. Thanks a lot, Lizzie. And, and, and we do help a lot of families, uh, in a couple ways of disability. Uh, one, we help families when they got children that are, uh, disabled and they're becoming adults because what the family member doesn't realize a lot is that as that child becomes 18, that child, um, is their own adult, their own person. So the the family essentially loses the decision-making ability for that child. So we help them through that guardianship process that has to be appointed by the court. Uh, How we also help in the elder law arena is families that uh, develop disabilities, help them uh, qualify for those Medicaid benefits. Um, As you know, Medicare doesn't pay for everything and once they're in the uh, nursing home. They're going to need some uh, some type of additional assistance. They're going to have to be private pay. So we help get them qualified for Medicaid, uh, particularly if they're going into assisted living or uh, nursing home facilities. Uh, we can also help some families uh, if they if they've been uh, applied for disability through Social Security and they're they're not ready to go into a facility yet, but they're just struggling with. Uh, being that disability determination by Social Security, uh, we can assist with those uh, appeals as well.
2: Okay, yes, that's that's very important because sometimes their Medicare benefits is being, um, they don't get it perhaps because of that. So that's, that's very helpful. Now I know um, what you mentioned uh, again, it's you came into this law, part of the law, because of your situation with your son. And that was always something that I had no idea how it was going to work because I have many of my clients that perhaps have adult children that they care for. Um, And I remember one of my first ladies, uh, she had a, a daughter that was getting older and she was the only daughter, like they didn't have anybody else. And her husband had passed away and now it's her and the adult child, and what's gonna happen with when she's no longer here? And I never had an answer because I really did not know people like you, but what are some of the tips and or perhaps where your practice um, came to be? Um, give us an example. How can, how can people, um, Think about this to help to help others find a way to find a solution for this situation, which is preparing again. It's preparing, um, but where would we start?
3: And, and that's and that's exactly um, the people I, I enjoy helping. Is is those people that you know know where they want to get to with an end goal, and help them find a way to get there. You know we we. List out a lot of objectives to reach the uh, final goal, and like the situation you're talking about, if a parent has a child with special needs and that child is dependent on their care, and the child might be receiving uh, Social Security disability or something like that. But you're right; you see, a number of times they're still living at home with one of the parents, and you got to be able to step back from the situation and and uh, think about it is. How's the child going to be cared for when the parents are no longer around? And that—I'll tell you—that that i will that, tell you thats that a struggle because it, it's a—it's something that really takes a lot of planning. And that is one area where you can't just wait till the last minute. Um, it really has to be to be effective. It's got to be done early because there's a number of opportunities. Is a good thing, and, and I would say most parents uh, aren't aware of the planning opportunities that exist when you have children with special needs be it setting up an ABLE Act account, which will allow the uh, child to save uh, money and not be counted against uh, government benefits, or setting up a uh, special needs trust. There's a couple different ways to set those up so the child can inherit money or have their own money uh, payable to them without uh, interfering with their government benefits. And that's kind of a common theme is making sure the child has the ability to access the government benefits that they uh, need and deserve, as well as having any uh, supplemental uh, 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 supplemental uh, finances from the parents or from insurance or from other means that they can use so they can live their best life. you know, continue to live a good life, a happy life, and uh, not not struggle and be in a life of needs and uh,
2: poverty. Yes, because um, I think that was that was something that uh, if you don't plan, then, you know what is what will that what will that what will happen with that person? The state will take over and perhaps they're trying to um put him in a house or in a place where they already are stressed that their caregivers is no longer there, and everything has to change. And the way um that they thrive is by having that security and that same um, routine every single day and now this has changed so it's an act of love again to be able to take the emotion out of it and just think about the facts. this is what's going to happen and when this happens this is how we're going to act about it and this is how we're going to handle the situation so it is a little a little um uh harsh if you say but it's a reality that we all, um, that, that persons with that, with that special child need to face. So Ed, we have just a few more minutes left. If you would like to tell us where can people find you and perhaps some of our last thoughts of uh, what to do and how to prepare for, you know, to use your services. Tell me a little bit uh, how people can find you and uh, who would be your best client or your best, uh, uh, the person that, that can use your services the most?
3: Sure, Rosa, thanks a lot. Yeah, and, and and you know, just based on what you were saying, it comes down to everybody. You know, these, um, these decisions, I know they're hard to think about and they're uncomfortable, so it's easy to procrastinate and put it off. But at some point, you just gotta, you know, bite the bullet, come in, and uh, stop procrastinating and get a plan in place. Once you get that plan in place, you'll feel that relief and you'll have that peace of mind to just kind of move forward and know that that's taken care of. The best way to contact me is you can look me up on the website, www.spinxlawfirm.com, or you can just give me a call directly. My number is 813-651-1233. And our main office is in Tampa, but we also got uh, satellite offices in Brandon and Land Lakes. So I'm happy to meet people out there at uh, any time.
2: Thank you so much, Ed. We really appreciate, uh, appreciate you, and we'll be talking to you sometime uh, in the world here in Tampa Bay area. Thank you so much. And to my listeners, Thanks, yeah, thank you. And to my listeners, When you sincere care and I care for through your relationship, your business and your community thrive. It's all about thinking, how can you make an impact to the people around you? It is not about what you can get out of the situation. Networking and relationship building takes time and effort. But the biggest thing is how can you impact our community? Stay surrounded with people that think the same way you do and that you have a team that will make a difference and change people's lives. My name is Rosie Paulson. I'm the owner of Rosie Paulson Enterprises and SNR Services. Stay pure, stay positive and stay inspired. Ciao.
1: You just enjoyed another episode of Cafecito with Rosie on air. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and visit www.rosiepalson.com to learn more about Rosie Paulson Enterprises. Stay pure. Stay positive. Stay inspired.
0: Seniors, can you walk into your doctor's office and see them when you need to? Do you have your doctor's cell phone number? And can you call them anytime, day or night? At Dedicated Senior Medical Center, their only specialty is caring for seniors. Dedicated makes it easy to get the primary care you deserve. If your doctor isn't taking time to listen to you or isn't treating you like family, it's time to call Dedicated Senior Medical Center. Schedule a visit to find out more about the care you deserve. Call 813-359-1448. That's
3: 813-359-1448. Appointments available now.